0: Put a fork in it. It's done. Hi, this is Anita Joyce here with Kelly Wilkness, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks. Today's episode is Trends. We are so over. And you know that's the thing with the trends. What comes up? must come down and (laughs) (laughs) we see this all the time and you know it might have been great while when it came in but then it just kind of goes out and the harder and faster it goes up the faster it goes down
1: isn't that the truth i shouldn't say the
0: faster but the harder it goes down
1: (laughs) yeah because
0: once it's ubiquitous, it's done. It just then then people just get sick of it, mm-hmm. and then they don't want it anymore. So this happens all the time, and I'm ready to dive in.
1: Yeah, get your forks out, <laughs> <laughs> ready to go. But before we get to uh, the trends that we're so over today, I have to share with everyone because I know Anita might not even bother to mention it, but what an honor and a thrill that my friend and co-host partner has been featured in, wait for it, Architectural Digest. That is the big time, Anita Joyce. Anita was featured and interviewed in an article all about French Country design, and not only did she lend great advice and tips and uh, the whole feel of the French country design, but they also use so many of her own photos of her own beautiful home. So I'm so proud of you, Anita, and it's so thrilling. I mean, Architectural Digest—that is the big time, girlfriend. So everybody should check out the article. We'll put a link in the show notes, and I mean. I'm all a flutter, so you just must be thrilled. <laughs> well, thanks so much for for sharing that, Kelly. I, I am excited, and it, it was
0: such an unexpected honor because they're not really known for their traditional design. So I, I was, know. So I kind of had to go, wait a minute, is this a prank call? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, really? Uh,
0: but uh, but they're doing a series on several different design styles so i so when i saw it i'm like oh well this is a great what a great idea for them to have and i think they're going to try to put them all together in one place once they do them all oh. where you can learn more about a lot of different design styles
1: oh my gosh so you'll be in their archives and and mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. So uh, even more thrilling. So thanks for letting us know about that. And everybody's going to want to check out the article. And again, head to the show notes for a link to it. So what should we kick off with? I kind of have an overall thought that Mm, I wanted to toss out there. And that's applicable in 2023 or any time. Kind of all anything. I'm over it. I think that that should be a thought that you keep in your mind when you're decorating, you're designing, when you're purchasing items. If you went all in on one particular look, it's not going to last. It's not going to be that timeless amalgamation of a lot of different pieces of furniture or decor details that we really love. So if you went really hard, like Anita's saying, if a trend is really ubiquitous. It's everywhere. If everyone's going really hard for it, it falls really hard with a big Mm -hmm. thud. Same thing if you're doing all one look in a room or in a home. That's just not going to carry forward. It's going to be sort of stuck in the time you did it, right? You're like, oh, you did that in 2020, or you did that in mm, 1992, Mm -hmm. or you even did that in 2023. So, if anything in your home is kind of all in, like all gray, all white, all mid-century, you're going to want to break it up. doesn't mean you have to throw everything out and start completely over, but you want to add in some other pieces. So I think that's just an overall sort of a cautionary tale to keep in mind when you're decorating, is that you don't want to go too hard in one direction. Well, that's so interesting you say that because that is the theme with several
0: of the things that I've highlighted here, is uh, situations where people have kind of gone overboard in a yeah. particular direction and they need to
1: dial it back a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What's your first one?
0: The cold, minimalist kitchen. Mm. The highly lacquered, glossy kitchen cabinets, no pulls, nothing on the counter. And it looks so sterile. I feel like I'm in an operating room or something. Mm -hmm. Nary a warm thing to be seen. There's not a wood bowl. There's not any fruit sitting out. There's not any utensils. No
1: tea kettle. Mm -mm, (laughs) No, no. No No fruit.
0: (laughs) And I'm seeing this a lot with uh, new builds here in Houston. And... I, you know, I think it might be fun for a weekend. I mean, I see them a lot in uh, kind of the condo high-rises, mm-hmm. but even in high-end homes. And I'm thinking, I think for a weekend, if you're renting at an Airbnb place, uh, fun. I think it'd be fun. I think it would be kind of a cool change maybe from what you're used to. But to live with that day in and day out, I think would just drive
1: anybody nuts,
0: unless they're just a super minimalist.
1: Very hard to live with. Maybe looks good on maybe the pages of Architectural Digest <laughs> or another yes. high-end magazine, go. but really hard to live with. And that's really not what a kitchen's supposed to be about. That Those rooms, and I call them rooms more than kitchens, really, because they don't really feel like a kitchen, right? Those rooms they're not the place everybody's going to go when you invite people over. You know, that's not a warm, cozy spot where everybody's going to congregate. You don't see, you know, the family sitting around. Usually there's not even a person in those photos when you see those (laughs) right. right? They're so minimalist. There are no people.
0: Well, to clarify, these are they are still putting these in new homes here. But I expect this to not last very long.
1: No, because it's not. Well, it's not even practical. You know, Aside from the fact that we love a warm or cozy, inviting kitchen, it's really not practical because in a kitchen, even if you want to minimize, which we totally feel that you should, what you've got out on your counter and living out there permanently, definitely keep that to a minimum. But you have to have something. You can't really live like that in a kitchen. So it's not practical. It's not inviting it there's no warmth to it and i think it also um had the detailing of that waterfall countertop Mm -hmm. a lot that was you know the so the marble of the stone was coming down the side so lots and lots of hard surfaces yeah i I, they have no they have no soul i think (laughs) going right for the jugular (laughs) well they're they're pretty Mm-hmm. Right. I could see in yeah, a small are. apartment, you know, maybe you want to minimize, if you can see the kitchen from everywhere, you know, maybe you want to minimize even more so if it's not a room that's sort of onto itself or if you have open concept and you want to minimize it a little bit. But this, that went too far. And I think, I think people so. are going to be trying then to add things in. And it's hard when you've got a high lacquer cabinet that's just a flat face. And you know, then you're drilling holes for hardware. And I don't think you're going to be able to develop the, the warmth if you've got a foundation like that. So I, I hope they stop putting things in like that because mm-hmm. I think that people are not going to want to live like that. Yep. True. What's your first one? <sighs> Sorry, Justine, but the boho... i know you've made an entire empire and kudos to you girl for the jungle. but if anybody went too far into the jungalo with you they've got to come back a little bit take the macrame down (laughs) too much boho a little bit of it if you like that look Sure, you can have some of it. Your whole room should not be boho. It's going to date you. Maybe vintage boho, it's going to look like you stopped somewhere in the 1970s. And if it's new boho from Target, then it's going to look like you did it in 2022.
0: I think you're so right. And I would definitely put this in the category even of that farmhouse style that was kind Mm -hmm. of the faux farmhouse stuff, everything kind of from Target kind of but you know the interesting thing with a farmhouse look was it lasted so much longer than this boho thing did. I don't think the boho lasted as long and it I don't think it caught on as much.
1: No, but boho I think it just it kind of you know the the macrame comes up and the macrame goes down. <laughs> Sort we of,
0: keep trying to push it down. Yeah, and
1: it I do. I'm like I'm unraveling that up. owl right now. But it kind of okay. comes in and it comes out. It just kind of like peaks and comes in on. You're absolutely right. The the we had the farmhouse, which was done very hard, inauthentically, and then the then that sort of morphed into the modern farmhouse, a la Joanna uh, and Chip, mm-hmm. has lasted although they're not even really doing it anymore. I just saw something in a magazine about some stone house that they were redoing in Waco and it doesn't look anything like their signature style. So they're kind of might be walking away from that a little bit. It's going to all end up and maybe if it's already there in the clearance aisles in Target. It doesn't mean you can't pick up a great piece for price tag stuck on it. And it's really like discount (laughs) is like 70% and -hmm. have a little touch of it. Right. But you don't want to go so hard. And it I think with the boho and even the next one that I'm going to talk about, dare I say, Southwestern design, mm. mm-hmm. I think that those were sort of, a, 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 people were looking for the next thing after this modern farmhouse sort of tapered out. Well, what are we going to do next? And and those two, boho and Southwest, sort of came on the scene. But I think you're absolutely right. They're blips. Uh, but they're blips that seem to kind of like, bloop, 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 like they show up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, every couple of years they come yep. back again. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, they've got to come up with something new uh, because they want people to go out there and buy new stuff that five years later will be out of out of off trend. I
1: think people like to grab onto a, a big trend and that modern farmhouse, like everybody was riding that for a long time. Everybody had pieces of the modern farmhouse. And it wasn't so kitschy like the signs and things like that. It was cleaner lines, mm-hmm. shaker style, the black and the white. I mean, I was a black and white house, but I don't really consider my home modern farmhouse, but no, there are definitely touches so. of it. I think people are kind of looking for the next thing. And I think we would predict, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, certainly now that you're uh, featured in Architectural Digest, I am not going to put any words in your design <laughs> Stop mouth. Stop it. <laughs> but I'm not going to let that go. I'm so excited. But I, the next trend, air quotes, should be this more collected look where you're Mm -hmm. not going all in on one thing, but it's a little more amorphous. It's a little harder to do than just say, I'm going to snap in all these modern farmhouse pieces, or now I'm going boho, Mm -hmm. or now I'm in the Southwest and I'm going to snap in all these pieces. Because those items, they tend to sort of be more novelty items. They can be pretty cheap, so it's easy to add them in, but they're not going to have that lasting quality. So rather than looking to the next trend A big one like Modern Farmhouse or a smaller blip like the Boho or the Southwestern. Think about your interior design as trendless, timeless. Yes. Make it this collected look. Add in things that you love that is so cliche in design, but it really does work. And add in pieces that have some gravitas, something that's got some history to it. And you're going to decorate beautifully for. All time, I couldn't agree with you more. I love that collected
0: look, and that's certainly something that you and I have done—not on purpose, but that's just our style. Is we love a lot of things with patina, things with age, the real, the real thing, the, uh, the vintage version, rather than the 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 target version, for lack of a better word. And poor Target, they're going to be unhappy with. <laughs> Although. They are good for some things. But on to the next item, and that is rooms with no color. And I see this all the time, uh, especially individuals' homes, uh, but uh, in homes that are for sale. And, and don't get me wrong, I love neutrals, and the foundation of my home is very neutral. I have a lot of neutrals. But if you have nary a bit of color in the room, then it's going to feel cold, it's not going to feel personalized, and it's going to feel very sterile. So uh, think about adding some color to your room. And I would also say color is coming back more and more uh, after this neutral phase. Again, that was kind of a trend to have the neutrals, although it's a classic. It was very popular and everybody did it. But I feel like a lot of people didn't really understand that you can't go with everything white and gray and tan. You need something with some color in the room. You need a throw or some books or some artwork that has some color uh, or a rug. You've got to add some color in that room or
1: it's just going to feel flat and perhaps a little kind of dead. Yeah. Underlining what we're talking about, if you went all neutral, all monochrome, it's not working. You've got to add something in. You've got to add some textures, some colors, and combination of those things to really bring a room to life. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. Green Chef makes eating well with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit anyone's preference. And they have now expanded their menu. You can choose from 30, plus recipes per week with the option to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences. And you can fill up with the protein-packed, newest collection of recipes fit for a high-protein dietary preference. Get everything you need at the Green Market. It's the one-stop shop for quick breakfast, brunch kits, wholesome lunches, and more. It's no wonder that Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. So shake off the winter with delicious, easy-to-follow recipes that support your healthy lifestyle and taste good, too. We did that just the other night with the Green Chef Shepherd's Pie. It was so rainy and cold here. We cozied up around the dinner table and enjoyed the Shepherd's Pie, and it was delicious and so satisfying. And did you know that with Green Chef, you were actually reducing your food waste by up to 38% versus grocery shopping? Give Green Chef a try and get this great deal. Go to greenchef.com slash DTT60 and use the code DTT60 to get a whopping 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash DTT60 using the code DTT60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. I want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space. We are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com consult. We hope to talk to you soon. Let's dip back into the kitchen for a second. Those two toned kitchens, that's not lasting. We do like the idea of maybe an island, if you have an island, to be painted a different color. But the idea of having the upper cabinets a different color of the lower cabinets, I don't think that that's something that's going to last for the ages. I think you're going to get tired of that look. It's like, um, and just sort of splitting it. I don't know. It confuses the eye. I think it may, can tend to make the room look smaller than maybe it even is. And it just looks a little too contrived. So I've never really liked that. I'm glad that that's going out. And I don't see that lasting. But that's an easy change, you know, unless you had these high-gloss lacquered cabinets. So if you had the the combo of the sterile kitchen with two different colors, maybe you're in trouble. I don't know. But... <laughs> I don't think that that's something that's going to last.
0: Well, I think it looks very 2020, and when it gets to be 2025, (laughs) you don't want your house to look 2020. I think it really does date your house. So, I mean, it it was an interesting, it was a fun look, but uh, I'd start start thinking about what color you want to paint it when it when you're when you're tired of that.
1: It's interesting. I wonder if that sort of was the next iteration of the no uppers. And then it was uppers, but they're open shelving. It, that's what you have on the top. Mm-hmm. And then, we, oh, well, maybe that's not really working because we've had uh, multiple discussions about open shelving and how hard that is to live with. Uh, certainly, mm-hmm. if that's the only thing going on on the top. Then you had this thing where they were painting the top, uh, the top cabinets a different color from the bottom. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was some sort of progression. And maybe we're getting back now to, let's have some uppers. Let's have them the same color or the same, or even the same stain because we're seeing some browns come back into the kitchen. Well, if
0: your kitchen's large enough, I've seen a lot of kitchens done nicely with big
1: windows and they don't have a lot of upper cabinets. I do like that a lot. I do too. Blobby furniture, rounded, too rounded, too puffy, no structure. We saw a lot of that. We saw curved, that came in for a while. a lot of curved furniture, sinewy type of furniture. I was not a big fan of that because I thought they're very difficult to put into a room unless you've got this large bay window and you can tuck in a curved sofa. But then in the last year or so, everything got really pillowy looking and, and just too puffy. So I think those are not going to last. They're really hard to work in a room. They kind of look doofy. It was just not a look that I really liked at all.
0: I know. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, uh, you know, a change. I mean, they're always looking for something different. But that one, when I saw it, I thought, oh, that one's going to fall hard. And I hope. People didn't spend a lot of money on those sofas.
1: Yes, absolutely. So pronounced lines, some structure. Anita mentions all the time, and she's absolutely right. A little French chair or a little side chair, a little antique chair, a little slipper chair. They can fit in anywhere you could just add that into sort of any type of decor that you have but what are you going to do with one of these big blobby chairs that's nothing that you can sort of carry through or be like let's try to get this in the other room you might not even be able to fit it through the doorway right so it's just not a piece of furniture that's going to work for you over time speaking of some furniture that's going
0: out how about the boucle? i know i mean and the fabric is very kind of fluffy it's got this loopy it's not a flat fabric but it's got a lot of texture to it and yes. it's got like three plies to each piece of yarn in it. So it's just very bumpy and uh, not the most practical, not easy to
1: clean. Think of Nancy Reagan wearing a St. John suit. Oh, very good. Maybe you can conjure up what blue clay is if you can't imagine it on a piece of furniture. So imagine her suit on a piece of furniture. I could never have that. Because if you have pets and they are going to claw at it, I mean, certainly that would be probably the best cat climber ever. Your cats (laughs) would probably love it. I wouldn't have it with my dogs either. I just don't think it's practical for anyone and probably not that comfy to sit on if it's a little scratchy. So I think anybody who really lives in their house probably wouldn't want to go with boucle furniture, but we saw it everywhere. Uh, Mitchell Gold, Bob Williams was doing it like crazy. I think Restoration Hardware even had it. I think Pottery Barn, I mean it trickled all the way down. A lot of people were showing that in this last year. But I think kind of like the blobby furniture, that's now sort of passe. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: How about TV centered or TV centric living rooms?
0: I'm not crazy about them, but I don't see those going out. I mean, they may go out of style, but I don't see people changing their houses.
1: Well, here's what I'm thinking about this is it It is practical. Sometimes you have no choice. But there, what you do have choice in is screens and what type of screen you enjoy your programming on. You don't have to have a big, giant TV. Now, this might be one of those things where, especially when we do our consults and whatnot. I think you've and- just made the clip that every wife is going to make their husband listen to <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I love watching sports. I love football games and things like that. And yes, it is sort of nice on a big screen TV, but maybe you can put that in a room that isn't your main living room. Depends, obviously, on the size of your home and how you can switch your rooms around. But alluding to the consults that we do now, not even specifically with regard to the TV, but oftentimes, we'll say something, not because we're brilliant or anything, Anita, but maybe you are, but (laughs) that it's just something that hasn't dawned on the person that we're doing the consult with, right? Because that happens to everyone. You're living in your house and it just is the way it is and you don't think about, oh, well, what if I really change that up a little bit? And it's just having a fresh set of eyes on something. So if you can Pretend that you are a person that's coming into your home for the first time and with respect to the TV or anything else, look at it with fresh eyes and think, well, does that really have to be that way? Can I switch that around? We're going to have a consult later this morning with someone, Gail, Gail works so excited, that has switched her rooms around, Mm -hmm. made her dining room the living room and, and, and really reconfigured the space in her home without adding any square footage that And apparently this is working really well for her family. We're going to dive into that with Gail later and we're excited about that. But like just looking at anything in your house with fresh eyes, if you looked at that TV and thought, well, how much do we really watch on that TV? Am I watching a different show than my partner or my kids and everyone's got an iPad and maybe we can take a smaller guest room and turn it into a little TV room and have the bigger screen in there if we feel we still need to have a big screen. So I am not saying that TVs are over. (laughs) You know That trend is over. No one's going (laughs) to watch TV anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that at this point in time, when there are so many other options, and if you have kids, they're probably watching a lot of things on their phones or on smaller devices, do you need to have this tv centric family room slash living room. Just think about it. Mm -hmm.
0: I think that's a great idea. And I suspect at some point we're going to go to just kind of the screens that come down from the ceiling. I actually had that once
1: in an apartment in New York. Did you like it? Well, yes, we did. But the technology hadn't caught up with it. So we bought this fantastic apartment. There was a beautiful fireplace and it was kind of just like the screen you would, Somebody would pull down in a classroom. And mm-hmm. then it was the big coffee table thing that had the
0: projection coming out of it. Oh, not like today where you can have the projector connected to your computer or your no, phone.
1: No. No, it wasn't like that at all. So it was a, a, you know, a bigger production, but it looked great. I think I had a long stick like a teacher would have. And I pulled it down, and then you could watch television. And it was gigantic. And it was, you know, we loved but the, it. But the
0: projector you're saying was rather large.
1: Yes. Solid peace with it inside of it. Just something to think about. And I mentioned the consults. We have had so many consults lately and mm-hmm. been fantastic. And we're getting to know so many yesterday, of Kalisha. Yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah, it was her dining room. <laughs> oh, her dining room. And it's, I mean, it's beautiful already, but it's gonna be mm-hmm. gorgeous. Oh, I have yes. to say after some of our ideas. But we enjoy doing them so much, and we would love to do them with more of you. And we were thinking maybe some of you aren't sure how it really works. So we thought we'd just sort of run through, and this seems like a good time because I had mentioned it, to let everyone know how a consult works. So it's super simple. If you want to have a consult, all you do is go to decoratingtipsandtricks.com, and you click on consult, and then that page will come up, and you can sign up. As soon as you do, Anita and I get notified and then we send you an email that says we're super excited and we let you know what you need to do next, which is basically letting us know what you want to talk about, sending us some photos. We love to have at least one photo of the whole space, but the more photos, you know, the, the more information we can gather and let us know with as much detail as you'd like what your dilemma, your design question, what you'd like to accomplish. And then we take that all into account together with your photos. We come up with a plan. We come up with usually, well, always two plans because Mm -hmm. we really don't powwow on this beforehand. We'll talk a few minutes before the console, but we like it to be really fresh. And we like each of us to be bringing uh, new ideas. Lots of times, if you're listeners here, you'll know that we cross over and we do have similar thoughts, but we might go to different colors or a different configuration. But usually the person ends up with two great ideas, two great concepts, one from each of us and with some overlap. And we also have so many laughs and it's just such a fun experience. We enjoy it so much. And we really know because we've heard a lot of great feedback that people get a lot out of the consult. So We'd love to talk to you individually, and so if you'd like to do that, just head on over to DecoratingTipsAndTricks.com and click consult and sign yourself up. You're right. I mean, Kelly, this is probably the most fun part of our
0: job is helping people, and we just got an email recently uh, where um, a client sent us photos of the the space afterwards, and I just – it was just – it was so – Alexis,
1: right?
0: Yes, yes. They implemented some of the ideas we suggested, and it made me so happy to see how beautiful the room was and how happy she was of the space,
1: how proud they were of the space. And you know what? That makes it all worthwhile. I do think our superpower is looking at a room and knowing what to do with it. (laughs) So that, I think, is definitely one of our superpowers. Well, the funny thing is,
0: before I was doing this as a profession, I would walk into a room and I would have all these ideas move this move this take that out put this in but if you said it it was rude <laughs>
1: yeah now people sign up for it
0: <laughs> now people want to hear what I have to say about the room so it's funny how that changes and suddenly it's a it's helpful advice where at one point in another <laughs> scenario it's considered rude that's so funny
1: so any more trends that were so over
0: fast furniture
1: Although, I think there's always a place
0: somewhere in your home for a great Ikea piece of furniture. It's cheap, uh, easy to transport, uh, and it just works sometimes, especially for storage pieces. But, you know, you don't want every piece in your house to be built with a little Allen wrench, you know. (laughs) Uh, So, you want to have some pieces that were actually... You know, they're just one piece and they're they're already put together and they have some personality and some uh, panache that they add to the room. So I think fast furniture is not going away, but the thought of having a whole room full of that furniture is. It's just what you've been saying. And I think you're so right, Kelly. Uh, too much of a good thing
1: is not good. Yeah. And too much of a math thing is really, really not good. That, that is true. <laughs> That is true one trend that I have been reading, and people are saying it's out is the sliding barn door now i I don't think that that's necessarily out because it's such a practical way to close off certain areas in your room. I think the idea of doing it to farmhouse mm-hmm. to modern too much like it looks like it came from a barn, like maybe it's got that you know the 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 paneling running diagonally, you know, so it really looks like a a barn door, uh, that is probably going too far down that road. But if you had a a need for a door that didn't swing in or out, I think it's a great solution. So I wouldn't throw the sliding doors out. Let's just take the word barn out, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe the barn looking sliding doors are kind of out. But if you have a, a one that's Sleeker looking you could have just a flat panel or you could have an antique door like you do or I do and then maybe a, a more simplified track maybe something that isn't again too country looking then I think that these are still very applicable for any type of home especially if you know you really can't you lose that square footage by having the door come in and out. Well, absolutely. I think it's such a practical
0: application for a space where you don't have room for the door to swing out. I'm actually planning to use this in a couple of places in the mountain house that we have because I really don't have room for a door to swing out. So I'm definitely planning to do this. But I think you're spot on. Um, when you go too far with the O, oh, it's hanging doors. it's for a barn so I'm going to do the doors with the X's on them. Mm-hmm. So I look like I'm in a barn. I think right. that has is is out for sure. But if you have some other doors, some beautiful doors then then really it's just kind of a different way for you to open up the space is just mm-hmm. to have them hanging and yeah, my doors are actually from a French auction and they're really tall eight foot doors. Uh, the, the paint is very old on it and we actually stripped it down quite a, through several layers of paint and there's some glass panels in the door and they're, they're really pretty. So I think uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't see that going out because it's just another way to make a
1: small space work with a door. I am so excited about our DTT defines today. So are, are we ready? Can we do it now? I got yes, a little yes. preview. Okay. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, today we are defining transferware. Yay. And... Kelly and I love transferware, so this was this is a very exciting, fun topic <laughs> for both of us. So it's a style of decorated china first produced around the late 1700s. So before the transferware technique was developed, there was porcelain china that was hand-painted and very expensive. So really, just the super wealthy could afford it. Um, but then this new technique came uh, became available where beautiful dishes were became affordable for the middle class, for the working classes. Uh, And the reason they're so affordable is because they're not hand-painted and they're not porcelain. So that made them affordable, but they had a design on them. And they're super popular to this day. I would say the most popular pattern is Blue Willow. And that's been around since 1779. Wow. So, It's made with ironstone china, and this was developed by Miles Mason in the 1780s. Uh, So ironstone is made of ironstone slag, flint, cornish stone, and clay. It's heavier and thicker than porcelain, much more durable, and of course, much cheaper. Now, even though it was beautifully decorated, was really durable and made for everyday use. So they used a hand engraved copper plate originally, and they would print designs on paper. Then that printed paper was pressed pigment signed down onto the item to be decorated and sometimes you'll see some of these old transferware pieces that the pattern doesn't exactly line up so you can tell that paper was really put on by hand and then the paper was floated off in water or burned in the kiln so most transferware is one color pattern onto a white background Uh, blue is like I mentioned before by far the most popular color you're going to see in transfer wear but i've seen red purple green black and pink and there's probably some other colors that i haven't seen now you can add an additional color by hand painting or by doing a second transfer design with the same technique Uh, you know and then they come in you know animals landscapes architecture and floral there's so many beautiful patterns and many that are made today Uh, but my very favorite designs are made by a company called Sargemi, which is a French company. I don't think they're in business anymore. So these are French antique transferware plates, and they're my favorite. They're just beautiful. Do you have a particular pattern or brand that you really love?
1: Well, I tend to go for the color. Uh, I love the black flow, and so the flow is a little bit different, right? Anita, it was like sort of purposely blurred. And those are the ones that I look for i you know unless I took a couple of plates off the wall or turned a few things over i don't I can't remember off the top of my head any particular brand that mm-hmm. I go for, but there are definitely certain patterns that I see over and over again. I actually saw something at the antique store yesterday that was a lavender,
0: but it was it was looked like a flow blue in that it was very blurry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I may be going back because there wasn't no a price <laughs> listed, but I need to go back when I have more time
1: and ask, what is the price on this? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, definitely do that. Oh, that was so interesting. So I, I knew a little bit about that, but not as much as you just shared with us. So great to know. And uh, who is, uh, is it Nancy's Daily Dish? Isn't that the woman who sells really only transferware online? She. I. She does sell transferware. I'm not sure if she
0: does sell other dishes, but... What a beautiful uh, account to follow. She has so many beautiful dishes.
1: She does. And you can pick them up on Etsy or eBay or, you know, if you're lucky enough, like sometimes I'll spend a little bit more for something that I, you know, just fell in love with. And then I'll sort of balance it out because I'll find a transfer where something or other at an estate sale for, you know, six bucks. So keep your eye out for it. I think it there, there is a lot of it particularly in the blue and I think it lasted longer because it's much sturdier than mm-hmm, the porcelain right. would you think oh yeah oh yeah
0: and my favorite are the purple dishes too oh I'm sure but they they there's <laughs> right but sometimes they're kind of more of a blue purple and sometimes they're more of the plum purple right and so I have a little bit of both but yeah I just love them they're so beautiful
1: yeah, I think they're so charming. I love them too. And there's so many ways to use them at home. Obviously, you could put them on the wall and it doesn't have to just be plates. I have canisters and pitchers and all sorts of things with the transfer wear patterns on them. So, it- And it's a fun thing to get to know the patterns and then you can really hone your collection if this is something that you really love. My crush today is a friend of ours, uh, Susan Dwayne. She is back on Etsy. She was on Etsy for many years, and she has reopened her Etsy shop. So I want to let everybody know about that. It's called Paper Hill Designs. Well, good for her. I'm glad she's back. Stationery, And what I'd really like to point out to everyone, it's a beautiful phone cases that she's doing luscious florals in sort of neutral and soft colors like think like wheats and and salmony pinks and things like that and think really lush open peonies and they're just absolutely beautiful and i was on there yesterday and they have all the sizes, so no matter what phone you have, so, so lovely and so reasonably priced. So super pretty, and she's such a wonderful person. So if you're in the market for some personalized stationery, or you're in the market for a new phone case, or a great gift for somebody, head over to Paper Hill Designs, and we'll have the link in the show notes.
0: Oh, how wonderful. I'm going to go check it out. So my crush, I'm not sure I'm going to call it a crush, because mm-hmm. it's kind of more of a supporting actor. But I do think this is something that's great to have in your home. And it is the one I found is very reasonably priced. And that is an acrylic riser. So I think they're really nice to use to elevate uh, some, some kind of sculpture or some, something else that's just really beautiful. And, you know, we use a lot of different things. I like to use books as risers also. But this kind of makes the item look like it's a piece of art when you see it on the acrylic block. So the one I bought is six by six, one inch tall. And it just worked perfectly for what I put on it, which is that really cute pine cone I think you saw I had Mm -hmm. from Oka. Uh, But you can get it in different sizes. Uh, But they can be very expensive, oddly enough. I don't know why they are, but sometimes they are. But this one I got on Amazon, and it was less than $20. I'll share the link. And it it comes in several different sizes. You
1: know, that is sort of one of those things where price varies so much. And I think, you know, obviously if you go to a little boutique, you know, they could charge you upwards $50, $60 or something like Mm -hmm. that. But 20 bucks is a great price. And I love the juxtaposition. It is particularly if you do something that's sort of older or has mm-hmm. some patina to it on the acrylic that in and of itself is just so great because it creates that little tension just between the riser and the item so well done and yeah I I like how you term that it was really not like a crush but it's like <laughs> you know like, it's a good thing you're pining over but it's good to have around you know that's right that's right oh boy <laughs> Well, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We got to get going because we got to have a consult with Gail. Mm -hmm. So remember, we are here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time.